All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. I, I want to start with a thought. Just, it, it, It's the same feeling I had after the game, uh, after the 4th of July game, right? If, if you're not an invested fan in either one of these teams, right? If you're just a baseball fan and you're not a Reds fan and you're not a Brewers fan, just like on the 4th of July, like you are today, you're sitting back like, man, what an awesome game. But if you're a Brewers fan, you're like, God, you're, you're, you're just white knuckled right now. And if you're a Reds fan, you're like, oh my God, we got Ellie De La Cruz. I thought that was an incredible baseball game. Honestly, I, I am, obviously fans are disappointed in the loss and blowing a 4-1 to one lead, but at its core, you can say, if you were here at the ballpark today, yeah, I, the when Ellie De La Cruz mania was happening, yeah, I saw him steal home against my team. Like, that that's a really cool where-were-you moment for baseball, I think. I, I just want to take a step back here at the top of the show and realize, like, you just saw something crazy here at the ballpark today. And yes, you lost the game. No one's ever gone 162-0 and yada, yada, all this stuff. I can give you all the cliches. But just just take a moment and realize you just saw a dude, a straight steal of home as one of the most hyped prospects in baseball history, and he's backing it up. So I would just say enjoy it. It, it. It's wild, just absolutely wild. According to Elias, here's a crazy note. Ellie De La Cruz is the second player since at least the expansion era, that's where we have play-by-play data that's reliable. That goes back to 1961. Ellie De La Cruz is only the second player in the expansion era to steal three bases in a single plate appearance, joining only Rod Carew in 1969. And remember, the Reds have certainly a history of base stealers, too, with some guy named Billy Hamilton, remember, and he stole four bases in a game before, and he's stolen, you know, five bases in a game before. But to have three steals in a single plate appearance, that's where were you? You know, so wild game today. The Brewers fall eight to five. Tomorrow will be a rubber match. Uh, the Brewers lost a four to one lead after a Joey Votto three run homer to tie this game. He continues to bang, as they say. But then. Uh, the Brewers were able to respond right back, and I thought that was so huge in the bottom of the fourth inning to get one back, to take a 5-4 lead, and to get back out in front again until that, uh, until they took the lead in the seventh inning, the Reds, that is. The Brewers hadn't trailed on the weekend. A big clutch triple by Bryce Terang in the fourth inning. Today was a tale of early offense, then slowing down against the Reds' bullpen, and, and then the Reds' bullpen really locked things down. They were impressive. And then a couple of little things added up to big things today for the Brewers. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. I don't want this to devolve into an umpiring thing. But aside from the balk and Craig Council getting ejected with his back turned to John Tom Payne, I thought that was ridiculous. But... I, I really point to that 3-0 and pitch to Blake Perkins of really changing things there in the eighth inning. I mean, you could have had first and second and nobody out, and I don't know how the game is going to end, right? I, it's just one pitch, could have been a walk. Blake ended up striking out, swinging at strikes. But 
you you talk to a lot of umpires. They say they expand the zone to three and zero because they don't want to be the difference of the game. I mean, like, I mean, dude, that was so clearly a ball. I, I don't understand rewarding a guy that wasn't even close to the zone with a strike there. But you know, it, it's one of those things that Blake then swung at strike, so he had an opportunity, but he ends up striking out. But that was a big game changing moment there. You could have had runners on first and second, only down by. You know, while down by two with some meat of the order, with some power guys coming up here. 855-616-1620. We'll be with you for about 45 minutes on the program here on this Saturday. Craig Gershon is going to join us in just a little bit. And then furthermore, I thought Colin Ray pitched well. He didn't pitch great, obviously, and the two home runs really bit him. Benson and Votto going yard. I was a little surprised to see him pulled when he was pulled in the fifth inning, but they have been consistent in keeping him right around that 90 pitch total for him, and that is something that the Brewers have prescribed for him, and they were sticking to it, even though despite he struck out Eli De La Cruz with that stolen base with the runner on second. If I could be a, a, a you know an ear to Craig Council, I would assume the thought was, hey, this is the third time through the order against a hitter that is raking right now in Jake Fraley and say, let's just go ahead and get a fresh arm in to face Fraley. And then Jake ambushes on the first pitch and hits a double down the line to uh, tie the game there in the fifth inning. So a wacky game that featured five consecutive half innings with a run. I hope you enjoyed it if you were at the ballpark. Let us know, 855-616-1620, text here. From Mike, too many new rules for the umpires to have to do. Yes, bad ball strike calls, but the new rules are hurting baseball. I don't know if they're hurting baseball. They're just making it harder on John Tumpain. And Craig Council's been on this since spring training. He's been asking, the home plate umpire has to make three to 400 calls a game. I mean, it's really more like 500 calls now with the pitch clock and everything. And to Tumpain's credit, he was on it. He was a hawk today when it came to the eyes and the balk. That wasn't a balk in my opinion, but... That's neither here nor there. Don't give up 13 hits, and you're generally going to win games. I don't think it all rested on that balk against Uribe, but it's hard on the home plate umpire, man. It's really hard on the home plate umpire. So, uh, in my opinion, it's we got to find a way to make it easier on these guys. And, and why is all of the load being shouldered on the home plate umpire? There's got to be a way we can figure out somebody else on the field or even somebody up upstairs to get things going with the clock or just keeping a track of some certain things. You know, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I would like to find a way to lighten the load on the home plate umpire given all the calls he has to make on any given pitch. 855-616-1620. If you want to join us again, Craig's going to join us here shortly. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings this season is brought to you all year by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park, and they've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that, that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association member FDIC. Brewers fall 8-5. to five. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Welcome back. What a wild one today. 8-5. It'll be a rubber match tomorrow with Wade Miley on the mound. Finishing up this series and this first half. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Text from Aaron in Illinois, tough one to lose. Tip your cap to the Reds. They rallied from behind. 
Is the opponent base running more a product of the pitchers or catchers or both? I know the Reds are the best team at stealing. Also, are balks up league-wide? Maybe because of the pitch clock. Got to get them tomorrow with Wade Miley. So to the first half of that question, nobody runs, period, as much as the Cincinnati Reds. But also, part of that has to do with roster construction, right? Really, everybody on their team is full of speed. And let's also be real. The Brewers, at the start of the year, were built like that. With Garrett Mitchell, with Bryce Terang, with Joey Weimer and Christian Yelich, they thought they were going to have more guys being able to steal bases, but obviously Bryce's production slowed in the middle portion of the season, and then Yelich was the only guy stealing bags. But Weimer's got 10 to 10 right now. Weimer's got a chance to have a 2020 season as a rookie, which would be pretty darn impressive right now. Uh, I, I contributed to a mix of both, but we know there are a few slower pitchers than others on this Brewers roster. You always see that first base coach with a uh, stopwatch out there trying to see what's going on, uh, if they can find a pop time uh, that can work for them. Box are marginally up this season, uh, averaging .05 a game, and it had been pretty stable for the last 20 years or so at .03. So they are marginally up right now. Uh, the pitch clock has slowed things down as far as the auto balls and the auto strikes uh, to this point in the season. Remember, we saw about a violation per game Early in the season, that's all they come down to less than uh, about a half a violation per game at this point in the season. So that's good news to see that uh, kind of stabilize at this point in the year. So it's a mix of both there. It's a good question there, Aaron, as well. Uh, Craig Kishan joining us here on the program now. I, I opened the show, Craig, just saying, you know, you set your fandom aside for a moment. We witnessed some pretty incredible baseball history with with Ellie De La Cruz stealing three bases in the span of two pitches and stealing home. This was a, a where were you moment, and you know, as a Brewers fan, if you're in the ballpark tonight, you can say, "Yeah, I saw it happen." And yes, it sucks. It was against my team. The baseball fan and you has to be like, "Holy cow, that really just happened." For sure, absolutely. I mean, witnessing baseball history, I don't know if there's anything better in any sport, to be honest with you, just because of uh, the longevity of the game, uh, the amount of rules, uh, the amount of teams, the amount of circumstances, the amount of judgments. I mean, you, you just could go on and on and on. Um, and so it's, it's always really something if you appreciate the game, uh, to see something like what De La Cruz was was able to do here today. I think the frustrating part is obviously how that happens. And there are ways to steal home. And there have been a lot of uh, steal home situations where uh, a runner will just simply beat the, the pitcher on his throw home during a pitch. And the way we saw it tonight was obviously very much the opposite that way they were they were hoping the Brewers would fall asleep and Piero did and and uh, you know those fall along the lines of an embarrassing situation so um, there's almost uh, in this particular case you can you can cut that one in half there is frustration and there is appreciation all at the same time it's just a a moment that I think that you know in the game sense yeah Piero might have you know not paid attention to him. But at the end of the day, I mean, nobody's expecting that ever. It wasn't anything out of the ordinary. You got a new ball back. It's a 2-2 count with two outs, and you're locked in on the hitter. And, you know, in hindsight, it's like, man, that's a perfect time to steal home. But that's not what the whole show is going to be about today. I I I look at today's offensive output, Craig, and we talk about yesterday 
the lack of hitting with runners in scoring position, but yet they scored seven runs. So I'm not going to complain about yesterday's game. Today, they were just one for five with runners in scoring position, really carried by Willie Adamas' two home runs today. Uh, this was a game that it felt very stop and go y, right? They, they got off to such a great start with with uh, four run, or with uh, five runs early, and then I, I give credit to the Reds bullpen. They kept throwing new arms, and I thought the moment of the game, and we can get to this in the next segment, but the moment of the game was Yelich grounding out with the bases loaded in the sixth and kind of made you feel like the offense was capped off today. Yeah, it was clearly the Willie Adamas show in the first uh, two at-bats that he had to carry the offense and, and put them in a good spot. Um, but, you know, it was it was the Brewers being up, then it was tied, then the Brewers being up, then up a little bit more, and then it's tied in the fourth, and then the Brewers grab the lead in the bottom of the fourth. Reds tied up, and, and then, you know, it was Cincinnati after that the rest of the way when it, when it really counted the most as the game progressed for sure. Uh, but, I mean, outside of, you know, Willie Adamas, this was just one of those games where, you know, the, the rest of the club uh, was just, you know, just not as productive. And it, it certainly seemed like when I was looking at the runners in scoring position number uh, by the end of the ball game, it was, it was almost eye-popping that it was just one for five because uh, it seemed a little bit worse than that here today. I think just because the game, you know, was, was really still within reach, even in the bottom of the ninth inning, they had only trailed by three, was two, you know, after seven innings. So uh, still everything very much within reach, but uh, they couldn't capitalize late. I guess that was the bottom line, and, and the Reds were able to pull that, that feed off. It was pretty impressive. Uh, text just came in, and we can kind of break down that that sixth inning and what everything happened. So this text from the 262, got no explanation what happened with the first strike call on Yelich. The first answer to that, uh, to this texter, it was a bad call. They appealed down to third, said he went around. He clearly did not on replay. Nonetheless, it's just one pitch. Uh, the ball call, the second one, I don't know where the ball call came from. Replay clearly showed he came set. He was still. The pitch came home, and Johnson Payne saw something that he felt was a balk. I still don't know what it was. Craig Council still doesn't know what it was. He spoke with the media a moment ago. He says he doesn't think it was a balk, so we don't know why. And Anderson was tossed because he was probably jawing something to the umpires. My eyes were on council, so he gets tossed during all that jawing happening, too. And so that's all that happened. There isn't a lot to explain there, but it just felt like uh, my head was spinning. Because you know how my role in the booth on the television side of things is to always keep my eyes on the field. And it felt like I needed six pairs of eyes for everything that was happening there in in that eighth inning. Well, you know, I, it, it's right. I, I wouldn't want to do your job, Dom. Let's just put it that way. So great appreciation for everything that, uh, you know, that in, that entails uh, your line of work for sure. But we, we discussed this on, on the TV side of the post game tonight. Why, why is a balk basically a judgment call when mm-hmm. it has to be clear cut? It, it's a clear cut situation for a balk to be called so why is it a judgment call and why can't it be challenged i i I agree that's that's the part we don't get i mean uh, it's it's said it's it's i don't know if it falls under the judgment call but i think for all intents and purposes uh it is because it, it can be that narrow of um a move or a lack of move or a lack of stop or pause uh, and, and in this clay, in this case, if you had replay to go to, it, it would have been overturned. I, I don't think there's any question about it. 
I agree, and there must have been something else we're missing there. But the thing is with the box, I mean, you got to draw a line somewhere with replay. We don't need more replay. I would just like to get it right the first time. But the other thing, too, if you're making box reviewable, uh, you know, the move like Wade Miley has, the move like Eric Lauer has, you know, that Andy Pettit-esque move would get called on every time. And that's truly a judgment call. It's like, ah, uh, mm, that's 45 yeah. degrees. So I don't want to I don't want to hatch that uh, barrel of monkeys, if you will, because that would be a real, real hard thing to decide. But ones like that where it's like, did he come set or did he not? Like, I mean, it's so clear when you watch the replay. He came set. The shoulders weren't moving. He raised his arms to pitch, and John Payne jumps out. Bonk! I'm like, whoa, I, I was just... Very, very confused about all of that. I do want to talk a little bit of the bullpen and reaction to the All-Star Game news earlier today as well. And we'll get to our difference-making moment coming up next. We're with you until 7.30 tonight, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Willie Adamas had himself a day, two homers. Second time this year, he's got a multi-homer game, fourth in his career. All of them have come with the Brewers, but it was in a losing effort, 8-5 to five today for the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio. We're with Craig Kishan for another segment, 855-616-1620. So, so Colin Ray, the home run ball got him today. Bryce Wilson, you know, the, the double was the only base runner he allowed on the first pitch to Jake Fraley, so he would love to have that pitch back. Uh, but then in the seventh inning, uh, it was tough sledding there for uh, Piguero because he gets ahead 0-2 on Friedel, lines a single up the middle. McLean singles into right field, puts runners on first to second. Then the double play, you thought you were going to have a chance to get out of the inning. And he's ahead 0-2 on Ellie De La Cruz before all the chaos that had unfolded. Uh, this was, in my opinion, Craig, an example of what it looks like when a bullpen is, you know, stretched to its limit. I know he had a day, a couple days off, but it, it adds up. This is game 16 of 17 in a row. You learn how to pitch fatigued in the big leagues. That's one of the hardest adjustments to make for guys at this point in the season. And I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm just trying to tell you the truth that Elvis wasn't as sharp today. I know he threw a lot of strikes, but most relievers don't want to throw strikes in that regard. And uh, Ellie De La Cruz just jammed one in the left field to get the go-ahead run before he ran around the bases for history. Yeah, and, and then sometimes you're also facing a guy that is uh, has absolutely everything going his way, and that's a credit to what De La Cruz has brought to the Reds since he made his debut. We're talking about only a month's worth of playing time in the major leagues, and and really, Piguero, yeah, I mean, relief pitchers come in, and, and the first two batters they face get on base sometimes. You pick up the double play, you're feeling good, you need one more out. But how do you get this guy out? Um, he's hitting opposite field as well as anybody right now. And again, he's only been around for a month at the major league level. I mean, this guy can do no wrong. So maybe a little bit of a buzzsaw for Piguero. And obviously, you know, with the with the uh, 
the fact that the game was uh, not tied any longer and they trailed by a run at that point, and then you've got you know such a dangerous base runner out, out there. Um, I think the big thing and the one thing that, that I'll take out of what you hit on on that is that you know some of these guys who have not had a ton of success in the majors up to this point, like Peguero, and is is still learning how to handle success, uh, how to handle you know adversity a little bit here and get that success back in a hurry. He's still going through that process here right now, and I, and I thought today was one of those moments where I I guarantee you with this staff and his and the support that uh, all of these pitchers have, though there'll, there'll be some learning moments uh, taught and remembered out of this game. He, so Elvis has thrown 34 innings now this season. He threw a total of 50, or excuse me, 61 innings last year between AAA and the major league. So he's he's learning how to deal with fatigue at the big league level right now. He threw 57 innings worth back in 2021 in the minor league. So he's on pace for what's normal for him. But look, everybody's limping to the, the the first half man it's just it's part of the the struggle at this point in the year you're not the only ones but nonetheless it's only worth one loss and the Brewers will try to get back it going uh, tomorrow and take a rubber match against Wade Miley before we talk all stars let's get to our difference making moment it's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management investment retirement tax and estate planning from a fee only fiduciary forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need know the difference Annex provides elite comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need go to nxwealth.com craig <laughs> there was a lot of chaos in this one what was your difference making moment well we we just talked about what's going to turn out to be mine and that was that de la cruz at bat in the seventh inning it was so key with two down um and you know he he looks right now like a guy that's been around the league for ten years. Just the way he's handle he's handling the bat, uh, hitting wherever the ball is pitched, going the other way if he needs to. And we saw the case there. And then and then making you know some major league history after that, swiping second, swiping third, and then swiping home. I think uh, uh, emotionally and and more mentally. Uh, that was a deflating moment uh, for a Brewer team that was only down on the scoreboard by a run at that point. Um, there are going to be rare moments where all of a sudden you feel deflated. You battle, you battle, you battle, you get late in the game. And 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 I saw that in that seventh inning. So that's my turning point because you still had three innings left to, to play, but I, I really think that took the wind out of their sails. Well, I'm going to go to right before that seventh inning in the bottom of the sixth when the Brewers formed a two-out rally out of nowhere. A single the other way with two strikes by Brian Anderson and two outs sparked this rally. Then an eight-pitch walk by Bryce Terang after fouling off a couple pitches. Weimer nearly gets clocked in the ear by Lucas Sims to load the bases for Yelly, who appeared human, and then he had the bad check swing call on him in that at-bat. It is what it is. It was a 1-1 count when he grounded out to first base, but Yelly had a hard time elevating today. He did hit the RBI double in the third, but otherwise uh, a few ground outs today for Christian to uh, end the day today. I thought just not getting anything home there in the sixth inning with the game tied at five, that would have been the cement status of like, oh my God, something special is happening this year with Christian Yelich. But hey, he's human. He's still got a knock today, and he can be right back here at the ballpark tomorrow. He's been carrying this a lot of water for this team uh, the last month or so. I, I, I just thought that once they didn't score there with the bases loaded two outs, it felt like, oh, here we go again, another close game late. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. And you're, you're right. There were a lot of moments here today. There have been a lot of moments in this homestand. I mean, tell you what, that, that Cubs series, that four-gamer was uh, draining in a lot of ways uh, for this team, good and bad. And then the first two games against the Reds. But you know what? We're talking about all that, which means we're, we're watching some good baseball. We're watching some good games. Uh, we're watching, uh, you know, this Brewer team uh, battling another team for first place. And as we get into July here now and head to the All-Star break. So that's all good. That's all great stuff right there. Stay in it. Stay competitive. And, uh, and hopefully some better things are to come all the way around. Go for a serious win tomorrow. We got some uh, news right at first pitch today, Craig, that Corbin Burns has been announced as a replacement All-Star. Uh, third straight year, he's going to be an All-Star. He is replacing Spencer Strider. But we also learned that Devin Williams has been replaced by Craig Kimbrell. Now, it doesn't mean they revoke his All-Star status. It just means that he is not going to be pitching in the game, and Corbin will be. So, First of all, I want to give congratulations to Corbin Burns. It's been an odd year for him, but he's been turning a corner as of late. And, uh, you know, Devin's had a heavy workload in this first half. He was getting hot today, which kind of indicates how he feels about it. He pitched in last year's All-Star game, but he feels he would be more important helping the Brewers win a game and making sure he's available in a game like today or tomorrow. And I tip my cap to him. And I know the All-Star game, a lot of folks want say it's for the fans and want to see Devin pitch and represent the Brewers. But at the end of the day, he wants to win games and he wants to help this team get to the postseason. And I commend him for that. And what a difference a year makes, too, because last year... You know, Josh Hader's still on the squad. Devin Williams is named, you know, in, in more of a setup role. It was last minute for him, but certainly well-deserved. Um, and and now that, you know, he has earned it more in that uh, true closers role, um, it was uh, obviously such a great accomplishment for him. But this club is in such tight situations right now. And the guys that are pitching ahead of him right now, um, are not clearly defined every single day like kind of he grew up in the majors uh, being a part of that and so um, it you know with the club and him obviously acknowledging that right now and in the race that they're in uh, there's so many more meaningful games that he's going to be pitching in uh, in the next uh, two and a half months I, I can hardly wait um, I, I think it's uh, simply an opportunity where baseball, knows there are going to be uh, a handful of pitchers that are going to be all-stars and named way ahead of time that aren't going to be able to pitch. They want to give other guys who uh, have earned their right to be there as well who may have an opportunity to pitch to, to help put on a good show like you're talking about. People want to see these great players and elite players uh, on Tuesday night, and they're still going to get a chance. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it out in Seattle. Beautiful ballpark. Uh, T-Mobile Park out there. It's a great story, great baseball history in that town, and uh, I'm really excited for the home run derby too. So I've always been a fan. I love the format change, and that'll all come up Monday and Tuesday. Hey, we got one more, Craig. We're there. We're at the finish line, man, of the first half anyway to hit a little R&R here for the next four days. We'll take some bigger looks at the first half tomorrow, but thanks as always for your insight and your time, my friend. Okay, we'll see you on Sunday.
All right, Craig Kishon here on the program. Going to get to who's hot. Some really good numbers from a certain player on the Brewers. Actually helped those today as well. 855-616-1620. Got another 20 minutes left in the program. 855-616-1620. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Continuing on the program, I'm Dom Catronio. Time for Who's Hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider, and don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider.com. That's S-E-I-D-E-R. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Well, he helped the cause today, but blink and you miss it. But Willie Adamas... Here in the month of July, he doesn't want an all-star break. Two homers today. He is now 11 for 35 this month. That's a 314 batting average. Of those 11 hits, eight of them are for extra bases. Four doubles, four homers. He has walked twice, and he has struck out five times in those 35 at-bats. So a 771 slugging here in the earlier going of July. Hopefully he can continue that coming up after the all-star break, but he's certainly a key cog for the Brewers moving forward into the second half. He's your everyday shortstop. He is batting two, three, or four in the order every single day. So if he continues to turn this corner like he is, and hopefully Rowdy Telez with this forearm issue gets the proper time he needs to address that over these 10 days, he comes back hitting like he was earlier in the year. Then you can start to think, okay, this team can get some compliments around it and look good. And with a healthy Brandon Woodruff on the way back, he threw another side today. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about this team, and the pitching is certainly a lot to like, too. And the thing is, the, the Brewers' offense, it's not perfect, but it's good. And it, you lose a slugfest today, and it went quiet at the end of the game, but it, it's the... Duality of a team, right? The the Reds are known for their offense, not known for their pitching. They've struggled with starters in these first two games. The Brewers known for their pitching, not known for their offense. But yet, it's been kind of reversed the last few days where the Brewers' offense has been saving their pitching for the last few days. And that's just what happens at the end of the half. So let's uh, try to react to it after a series ends tomorrow. And the Brewers have an opportunity to win a series against the team in first place in their division. And then regroup with three more coming up after the break. So let's hear from Craig Council. That's going to come up next and highlights a little bit later. This is Brewers Extra Innings. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. The skipper had himself a day. He got tossed by John Tumpain, the home plate umpire, with his back turned to him, and he had some thoughts about it. Let's hear from Craig Council after today's 8-5 to loss. Well, I, I mean, I didn't think he balked. That, that's first. Um, so I asked for an explanation. Um, and um, and then my, I was walking away, and I got thrown out. So, so you felt you were done at that point? I mean, I was walking away, yeah. And I don't think it was a balk. Um, the, the inning before that, uh, excuse me, um, just the alley steal at home, is that a play that just can't happen, I guess? Yeah, I mean, we, we had, you know, kind of multiple guys. And, and it really, it's it's on all of us, really, on all of us. So um, it was a good, good baseball play by him. And, um, you know, 
we, we weren't aware enough, like, all over the place on the field and dug out everywhere, yeah. You've seen him up close for a couple games? But their bullpen did a really nice job. Their bullpen had a great game. Um, you know, shut us, got a big out in the, you know, the big out in the, uh, with Yelich and the bases loaded with Jabot. Um, so really the story of the game was their bullpen shut us down and we couldn't score off their bullpen. Their bullpen's yeah. been pretty good this year, right? With kind of a different cast of characters. Yeah, I mean they're doing it. You know, um, they're you know they're going to their bullpen quickly, and um, they've got a bunch of guys pitching well. I thought Abner did great. I mean, if he if, you know just if he throws strikes, he's going to have success. And um, he threw a lot of quality pitches today. Um, you know, good outing, getting two innings there, big for the rest of the guys. So. Um, it was a good debut. The, the run that scored was a little unfortunate, but he did a nice job. Talked about Adonis pregame. Just how good to see those two swings for him. Yeah, he's in a good spot for sure. Um, you know, hopefully finishes off with another big one tomorrow. Um, first time seeing Ellie in person for you guys this year. What have your, your thoughts been on? Good player. Greg, it wasn't Collins' sharpest day today, and obviously that lineup was a lot of pressure on on him and any pitcher. But what he's given you here in the first half, um, kind of just what brought you back. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I mean, I think Collins done a r- really nice job. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's had eighty-ish innings for us, um, and you know that that's you know on his way to you know that's that's a big number for the first you know, 85 games of the season. Um, means he started a lot of games for us. Um, and he's done a nice job. You know, the, the home run ball got him today. It's, it's the pitch that's got him a little bit, the mistake with the, you know, it's you know, almost him and Freddie kind of having similar seasons, the, the big home run ball getting you a little bit, but um, he's doing a nice job. He did re- do a really nice job. And two swings were really the difference of today's game, the three-run homer from Votto and the solo homer from Benson. Brewers fall 8-5. to five. We'll get a couple highlights in before we wrap up the program. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. There were some highlights in an 8-5 loss. How about a really fun day from Willie Adamas starting things off hot in the first. Swing and a drive to left and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and way gone for Willie Adams. What if I told you he wasn't done? One-two pitch. Line drive, deep left field. That'll do it and then some. A two-run blast for Willie Thomas. 4-1 Milwaukee. Before all that, though, Christian Yelich had an RBI double, too. Here's the pitch. Ground ball, fair inside the bag. Hits off the sidewall. It'll be extra bases as Weimer will be sent around third. Here's the throw. It's cut off. The Brewers have the lead. It's 2-1. to one. And why not throw in a triple from the rookie, Bryce Terang? 1-2 pitch. Line drive right center field. That's going to plug a gap and go all the way to the wall. Anderson's going to have an opportunity to score. He will. Terang is on his way to third. He's in with the triple. The Brewers would make it a 5-4 game at the time. The Reds would tie things up in the bottom of that inning, and then chaos would ensue. Ellie De La Cruz rounding the bases and stealing second, third, and home in the span of two pitches. 
That would give them a 7-5 lead. They would have a sack fly in the ninth and win this game by a final of 8-5. Wrap up the program after this. This is WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Just a quick high and bye. Final seconds of the program. My thanks to Isaac Marquardt, our producer. I'm Dom Catronio. See you tomorrow. 110 first pitch. Keep on swinging.